It's Friday, November the 3rd, 2017. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Dallas, Texas. Well, today in Dallas, we have the great opportunity to get to meet with one of our friends and just a great saint of the Lord and a man that is just passionate about worship and leading people to worship, Stephen Miller. And Stephen is one of the worship pastors at Prestonwood Baptist Church uh, in Plano, and he's at the Frisco campus. And uh, Stephen and Amanda just recently got home from adopting two girls from China, and they have seven kids, uh, two through adoption from Ethiopia, two from China, and then three biological kids. And so, Stephen, we're just glad to have you here. And can you just tell a little bit about like how the Lord led you and Amanda, having three kids, kind of into this adoption journey and and to Ethiopia and then to China? Yeah, you know, um, we had one kid, and I, I told Amanda I'm good with one. And then we had two kids and I told Amanda, I'm good with two. <laughs> and, uh, and at that point, you know, uh, a guy came and preached at our church. We were living in Houston at the time. A guy named Bodie Bauckham, uh, came and preached and he, he really was talking about, uh, parenting and the family and just sort of confronting, um, our American sensibilities and, you know, comfort and things like that. And just sort of the selfishness that, I had sort of been embodying, I think at that point, um, about parenting and what's my life and what should I be spending my life doing and all that kind of thing like that. And around that same time, uh, we got really involved with uh, Compassion International. I became a compassion artist and so started really advocating for, for kids uh, who were in poverty and you know, really needed the hope of the gospel and, and a lot of different variable, uh, various ways. And, uh, and so through that, God just continually opened up our hearts for that. And we started doing a foster care training. Um, around that time, went to a concert, uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman concert, who... I was talking about adoption and things like that. And so sort of a lot of things mm-hmm. happening all simultaneously. Uh, and Amanda and I had both individually, while we were single, younger, kind of thought about adopting, um, but had never in our marriage talked about it uh, until that point. We really got serious about the idea of it. And um, and so we were, we were pretty set on adopting from uh, internationally wanted our family to look like the kingdom of God, uh, God's heart for the nations. Um, and so we'd call around to different agencies and all of them kind of said, Hey, uh, you know, you should, you should really look into Ethiopia. Mm. And so we got onto a, a waiting list and these, these little boys were there every, every week. So, mm. uh, Jude and Liam, uh, Israel and Sarafel, uh, they were on this kind of waiting list, waiting for parents. And uh, for like three weeks in a row, they were on there. And we just kind of kept saying, maybe this is our sons. And the Lord just kept confirming that. Uh, and so we went after it and brought them home in 2011. Uh, have had a blast uh, being their parents. Um, had our fifth kiddo, Ethan. Uh, we call him Hurricane Ethan. He's insane. <laughs> we love him, but he's definitely uh you know, crazy sometimes. Uh, and, and so I, I honestly, I was good. I, I thought five was going to be it. And, uh, and Amanda kept coming up to me and saying, Hey, I really think we're supposed to adopt again. And, and, and 
from China. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be turning 30 soon. You know, I think, I think we need to adopt from China. And so I'm like, nope, <laughs> you know, we're good with five. I'm a little overwhelmed. How about that? So, um, you know, the Lord just kept kind of, uh, using her to open my eyes to his heart for the orphan. And you've got another seat in your car, man. Like you got another room in your house. Like you can do this, you know? And, uh, and so we said, yes, I said yes to one. <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, a couple months in Amanda said, Hey, I really feel like we're supposed to adopt two. And I said, you know, that was going to involve a lot of things, a bigger vehicle, maybe a bigger house, maybe a bigger paycheck. And so I told Amanda, I would pray about it. And, um, and really did. It wasn't just like a cop out. Like I, you know, I, I, I couldn't, I didn't hear the Lord's voice saying one way or the other. I was just um, asking and asking and asking. And I think I was asking because I was hoping for a no. <laughs> um, but I kept coming back to God's heart for the orphan, how the Lord puts orphans in homes, the fatherless. He's the father to the fatherless. And, and there's one thing in scripture is that God loves the fatherless. And, um, and so I just straight up said, Amanda, okay, here's the deal. Um, let's just ask, you know, I think, uh, at this point we know that it's, it's pretty unlikely that they'll say we can adopt two at the same time in China. Uh, and so if we can get past lifeline saying we can <laughs> adopt two, then we got to get past China saying we can adopt two and that's a big deal. So, um, if, if, if God allows us to get past both of those, then we know that we're supposed to adopt both of these kiddos. And she found this little boy, uh, you know, Lincoln was his profile name. Jiri, uh, was his Chinese name and just a little, little special needs boy, uh, left side hemiplegia, uh, which is a form of cerebral palsy where he can't really use the left side of his body very well. And, uh, and Penelope was, uh, she had had cleft lip and palate that had been repaired with a couple surgeries. So, uh, we knew we were kind of looking at a significant amount of, um, you know, therapy and surgeries and things like that. But we just kept asking the Lord to provide that, provide that, provide that. And he continually did, uh, and continues to, you know? Um, and so about a year in to starting the process, we got to travel to China and, pick up our children, and, which was kind of cool because we actually got to get them both on their birthdays. Mm. Uh, and so we got to have a little birthday party there in China for both of the kids and, uh, you know, cut the cake and give the presents and the whole deal. And uh, Penelope did not want to come home with us. She, she was very adamant. Mm. And kind of we knew that from the get-go, um, that there was a likelihood that she would say no. Uh, she alluded to that quite a few times pretty adamantly. For the whole year, but we had spent time FaceTiming with her, with the translator, sending her presents, uh, pictures, videos, anything we could to try to connect with her. Um, and we thought that we were in a good place. Um, and then, you know, right as we get to China, we, we realized she's she's kind of gone back to mm -hmm. her previous uh, what she, she did not want to be adopted. She wanted to stay with her foster family. She'd been with them for nine years. Mm. So, I mean, that's her family. Yeah. Even though she couldn't stay with them. Um, it, I mean, I can only imagine the loss and the feeling of loss there. So it was understandable. Uh, but man, in country, we kind of let people know back home mm. that that was going on. And man, I really believe that the community of believers here in America um, prayed Penelope into our family mm. um, because she, she came to Guangzhou 
uh, where all, all adoptions are finalized there and, um, and got to meet our family and you know, she chose to be adopted. And so we've been home two months now, a little over two months and, uh, it's been, it's been incredible. Yeah. It's been really, really incredible. And she doesn't know very much English and we use say hi app like crazy and Google translate and anything we can. Uh, we're trying to learn Mandarin. She's trying to learn English and it's just, you know, seven kids and she's right at the top of the age bracket. So, um, it's, it's been very, very fun. Lincoln, um, you know, Lincoln is definitely special needs, but we're, we're getting help for him and trying to help him kind of burn some new neuro pathways into his brain so that he can walk and use his left hand and uh, all kinds of things like that. And, uh, you know, I, I think we're going to, we're going to make it, <laughs> you know, you know, God has gifted you so much in just being able to lead people into worship. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, just as we've developed this friendship, you know, I've, I've actually seen things and, and been able to experience times that have been recorded of you leading people into worship. And that's, that's just a gifting that obviously God has given you. Obviously you've got to walk with the father, but, but also just gifted you to really be able to connect with people. But, how would you say that adoption has just affected your walk and, you know, both from Ethiopia and then just this most recent in this faith journey? I mean, I know my family was praying for you guys and Penelope and, but just how does that deepen your faith and even your worship for the Lord? Yeah. I think, um, you know, it was probably 15 years ago, I was reading through the book of Amos and there's a moment and Amos is just this fig picker prophet. He's not a, <laughs> he's not a big deal. Uh, but God gives him a word for the people of Israel, and, and He says, "You know, you come to me with your singing, and I just wish you'd shut up, <laughs> you know. But let justice roll down like waters, and righteousness like an overflowing stream." And so there was something about that as a worship leader that I really perked up mm -hmm. a lot, uh, kind of recognizing, yeah, as, as a church, we've gotten really good at, at singing songs and praying prayers and doing Bible studies and doing all these things, and God's just saying like. Hey, there's a, there's a much bigger picture of what worship looks like. Justice is worship. Compassion is worship. Mercy is worship. Uh, even in James one, you know, like this is what true religion is. This is what true worship is that you care for the fatherless. And so, I think that that was a, a huge revelation for me that if I wanted to truly be a worship leader that kind of got God's heart for His people, for His children, that I had to lead people to to see that side of Him. Yeah. And we don't sing about that a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, and so how can my life uh, and my example of my family be an example of the gospel, like a living, breathing example of the gospel, what God's done for us in adopting us? And when you kind of experience that, God's adoptive heart for his kids uh, firsthand by bringing someone who wasn't part of your family into your family, by bringing someone who... We didn't choose you. You chose them. And there's nothing they could do. They didn't even know you existed on mm. the other side of the world. And you're saying, I want you. Mm. Like, that's what God did for us. Right. And so there is this deepening, kind of an ever-deepening glimpse of, uh, of the Father's heart that, man, how can you not? Portion. I mean, you, you get that in First John. Mm -hmm. Behold, how great is the love of the Father is lavished on us mm -hmm. that we should be called children of God. That behold, that's like wow. Take a look at mm -hmm. it's like an ecstatic thing. And and when you when you take a look at God's heart to adopt us, how can you not mm -hmm. want to just worship Him with all that you are? You know. Mm -hmm. So I think that's been huge, um, both for me as, as a private personal worshiper. Mm -hmm. Um, but also as a worship leader to try to help people kind of stand in awe of that mm. 
a little bit more, emphasize that a little bit more, uh, and in particular as it relates to the church, hopefully mm. uh, we might get out of this whole comfortable shell of whatever that thing might be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I, I don't mean that to sound like a bashing. Oh, thing. yeah. No. Well, I know there's just so much power in music and in song, and you obviously referenced Stephen Curtis Chapman as being kind of a catalyst. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he was a catalyst in 2003 for my mm-hmm. wife and I to take the plunge out of the professional world to go into the ministry world of orphan care and adoption and to see, one, how much the Lord used that brother, but also just powerful music and song and storytelling. Yeah. And we have a storytelling God who gives us a great story through That's his right. word. Uh, so just in closing... You know, you get to lead part of the orphan care ministry at Prestonwood. And just in a in a glimpse, why is it important for churches to have orphan care and adoption ministries? Man, because the church is supposed to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. I mean, and and we are the body of Christ. We are the hands and feet. I mean, I know that, that at this point that's a little bit of a cliche phrase. But if we're not the ones setting the example of the Father's heart, who who mm-hmm. will? You know, who will? I mean, Brad and Angelina, that went really well, right? (laughs) Um, So we are supposed to be the pace centers. We are Mm. supposed to be the people who display the gospel with our lives and with our families. Uh, And so I would just say, man, if if the church is not leading out in that, they're they're missing God's Mm. heart. Mm. And and they need to find somebody. If you're in your church and you're thinking, man, we don't have that, lead it, Mm -hmm. you know? Or ask God to lead you to someone who will. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that's maybe not your gifting, but you're passionate about it. How can you support someone uh, in that? You know, that doesn't have to be a staff person. I mean, staff people in churches are are there. They're paid to equip the saints mm-hmm. for the work of ministry. So, you may be a layperson, but that doesn't mean you can't get involved. Everyone who leads the chosen ministry at our church, the adoption mm-hmm. ministry at our church, we're all volunteers. I'm the only staff guy, and I'm I'm not even paid <laughs> to do the adoption stuff. I just do it because. I want to see it done. So, um, yeah. Well, man, brother, thanks for being here. And if you would like to connect with Stephen and his ministry, you can go to Stephen with a P-H dash Miller uh, dot com. And uh, there's just so much good stuff he is doing and the Lord's doing through him, even through encouraging other worship leaders through the Rooted Network and the things that the Lord is allowing you to do. And we're just grateful that you're here and just grateful to see all the things the Lord is continuing to do in Dallas. So thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we're here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.